0: Welcome to Pound Around, the official Uppercut podcast. Here we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. I'm your host, Jessica Howard, and it's the end of the month, which means all of Uppercut, except Monty. Rest in peace. Just kidding, Monty is not dead. Um, But the rest of Uppercut is here and alive, just like Monty, who is also alive. <laughs>
1: That's not true. Uh, if you listen to last month's uh, cool down.
0: Oh, that's true. I yeah, forgot about she, that. She died by pho. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, Kayla, how are you today? I'm
2: okay. I recorded um a different podcast like an hour before this, and it was a recap on Marvels and Humans, and that like kind of drained the life out of me for the last week. But mm-hmm. uh, besides that, I think I'm
0: doing fine. Yay, that's that's good. Minus inhumans being terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um Andrew, how are you today?
1: My butt hurts. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I like pulled something like a muscle in my butt or like bruised my tailbone or something, because like just existing is bad right now. Uh sitting, standing, mm. laying, all of it just is awful. So I'm here and I'm grinning through it because I'm a professional. <laughs>
0: perfect and ty how about you i'm good i'm
3: uh, uh vibing as usual
0: i was gonna say would you say you're vibing yeah
1: <laughs> ty is always vibing
0: yeah um today wait hold on oh yeah how are you me yeah oh thanks for asking um <laughs> i'm stressed <laughs> But I'm I'm good. So,
1: like, what's different? Like, how are you different than you normally are? Because that's just a regular thing for you.
0: Yeah, I always exist with a certain level of stress uh, possessing my body. Um, I think that, like, I'm reaching a point where I'm, like... Hmm, I need to change my ways before I have a heart attack in five years, which is maybe adding more stress, because I'm like, how do I cut down on my responsibilities right now? Because I I don't know what to do. <laughs> this is a very real opening to a podcast. Um, so I'm stressed. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit stressed. I was, just, we'll...
1: I was just like hoping for like a like a casual like, oh, yeah, like I had uh, some coffee. It was tasty. Um, but you know what? You, you.
0: <laughs> I also have coffee. The coffee's good. It probably doesn't help the stress because you know caffeine. Well, but you gotta do. It helps do. me. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Also, I'm good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I, should, I should just say I'm good. Um. Well, awesome. I I'm glad. That everybody is doing okay. I'm glad that Monty is either alive or dead.
1: No, she just texted me. She's alive,
0: <laughs> but okay. but she is dead because of the pho.
2: Just I'm just saying. Keep it. Keep yeah. Monty is a ghost. Schrodinger's yes.
1: Monty. <laughs> Incredible.
0: Um. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. We are. Restructuring how we do the last episode of the month—it's kind of just been a weird month for uh, palin around too, because like our first one was kind of a little different too. Mm. And that's not a permanent restructure, but like that's just how these interviews ended up going. Yeah. Um, they—they they were long.
3: Listen, it's been like um, two years of palin around. Y'all know <laughs> the first one of the month is a little, a little, a little uh, fast and loose. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly,
0: like all of uppercut is a
3: little. We're in experimental uh, form.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're artsy avant-garde we like um, we like giving
2: y'all something to like binge
3: that's what we like doing. yeah a little spice
0: yeah um but yeah so it's gonna be a little bit different we are now adding news into the end of the month podcast i was gonna say segment but it's not a segment the end of the month podcast will have a news section as well as a secret section <laughs> that uh Ty is going to do, and I, I don't really understand. I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm very excited, and I trust Ty to just like take it away.
1: <laughs> Fucking incredible!
0: So we'll we'll get there when we get there. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be really cool. Um, so first up, we have the news segment, and Andrew is actually going to be reading us our first news story. You want to take it away, Andrew?
1: Yeah. Uh, Nintendo is planning an upgraded Switch replacement as soon as September. Uh, this comes from Takashi Mochizuki and Debbie Wu via Bloomberg. Nintendo Co. plans to begin assembly of its new Switch as soon as July and release the upgraded replacement for its four year old game console in September or October. Keeper familiar with the matter said. The news console, likely to be priced higher than the 299 dollars original, may be announced ahead of the E3 conference starting June 12th to allow publishers to showcase. Their full range of Switch games at the global event, the people said, asking not to be named because the plans are not yet public. It will be sold alongside the 199 Switch Lite, uh, with the standard Switch phased out over time. Nintendo has to compete for gamers' attention with the new console generation introduced by rivals Sony Group Corp and Microsoft Corp in November. Their PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X machines beef up the visual fidelity, speed, and performance of their predecessors, and both have been in extremely limited supply since launch. The Switch maker's response will be to upgrade its flagship console with a 7-inch Samsung display, co-OLED display, and faster-to-video core graphics silicon, making it capable of 4K output when docked to a TV, Bloomberg News previously reported.
0: So, it looks like we might be getting a new Switch. What does everybody think about that? Um, I'm really excited to be
2: fighting to get a (laughs) next-gen console, because I still don't have one, so let's just put that out there that uh cool. I will still it'll probably be the same thing with the switch for me. So
1: so I want like you say you say next gen and like this is something that like people have been freaking out about for like the last like 2 years ever since the rumor of a Switch Pro got announced. I don't think they're going to be making games exclusively for Switch Pro or whatever it ends up being called. It's just going to be an iterative thing like the PlayStation Pro was or PlayStation 4 Pro was and the Xbox uh one x was like
2: i still feel like it's like it's getting to that point in games though that like when they make these like upgraded systems it's like we we have to upgrade to like get the quality that we like upgrade our tvs for and do things like that for and it's just like you know it's just
1: i've just worried that calling it next gen is like people are like oh is breath of the wild 2 going to be a switch pro exclusive like no it's not going to fucking be a switch pro exclusive
0: right no like, and like i don't i don't so think like that's that, what kayla no, is I, saying as much as like she's saying that it's like basically an unwritten rule that if you're going to be playing these games you need to have one because i mean just look at pokemon legends arceus right mm-hmm. like that game Looks like it's gonna be struggling,
1: (laughs) yeah. No, for sure. uh, And, like, yeah, I get where Kayla's coming from. I just like it, like, seeing like the YouTube rumor mill and the fucking Twitch rumor mill and all the influencers and all like the fans being like, oh my god, uh, Breath of the Wild, like, Breath of the Wild 2 being the big case of like, is it gonna be a Switch Pro exclusive? It's like, no, we've already done this before, like, I mean, it's not a new generation. They did it's the same fine, thing and... with
2: Wii U, like the You know, Breath of the Wild was a Switch, ex- like it was a Switch game, like a release game, but it was still on the Wii U. So, like, yeah, I don't it, think it, it was it would a cross-gen game. Yeah.
1: But like, like I like, I just like, and I'm not trying, Kayla. I'm not trying to pick on you. I hope you know that. No. It just like the 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 calling it next gen, like the Switch Pro, is just like I think giving people the wrong impression of like what this is it's just a beefier system it's still gonna play switch games you're still gonna be able to play like buy switch games for the old switch like it's i think
0: that it's it's something where like just the concept is kind of newer you know what i mean like we did have like i don't know i'm trying to think of the first system that had like an upgrade that way probably like you know what i mean it's the way that i think
2: like the pros and the the, the place. I mean, the-
3: it started with the PlayStation 2, right? Because there was the Slim for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but didn't upgrade the-
1: like. Then there was the, the Fat
3: like- and the Slim on the three, and the they- so they've the been, been doing it for a while.
1: Yeah, but those were never like performance enhancing. You know what I mean? No, but they, they were. were j-
3: it was like it was the. I feel like the predecessor to them doing the like for sure. half steps. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's like the the DS, 2DS, like like, new 3DS kind of thing. Like, the 3DS, and then there's the new 3DS that can run better games, and that did have exclusive games for it, but for the most part, like, there were, like, five of them it didn't really matter. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, seeing, like, the internet be, like... Like I said, it's been rumored for, like, years, the Switch Pro, like, seeing people freak out and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're gonna do that, and, like, I'm not, I'm gonna fight to be a new one to be able to play the new game. It's like, you're not gonna have to. It's a convenience No, I thing.
0: mean, I... I I disagree, Andrew. Like, I get why people... First of all, like I said, I think that it's one of those things where, like, it's just a new concept. It's a newer concept, having, like, these mid-generation like generation systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, like, it's, like I said, it's an unwritten rule. It's like, no, you don't have to get it, but, like... Do you want your games to run better? You know, like for sure. Wink, wink. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's strongly, like, kind of pressured. Like, oh, like. I
3: mean, I guess you the know, thing for me with that is just that, like, the Switch already doesn't run stuff that well. So, like, yeah. I feel like for me, even with the upgrade, it's kind of like, eh, like it's probably still not gonna be like that great. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's still gonna be a Switch, like. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like, at least for that, like, I feel like what you're saying in terms of, like, a PS4 Pro or something like that, I'm like, yeah, that's, like, pretty significant, but I don't know, at least for me personally, I'm like, my bar for what the Switch can and cannot do, even with an upgrade, is, like, significantly lower.
0: No, I feel the exact same way. Like, I mean, because none of us are expecting, like, when this when this news comes out, none of us are like, oh, man, watch out, Xbox and PlayStation, oh, Like, because yeah. that's not what Switch does, you mm-hmm. know? Like, and that's fine. It doesn't have to take on those big guys. Like, it's not like an at-home, you know, media console. So, but yeah, it's not, like, I definitely wouldn't call it next-gen. I think you're totally right, Andrew, with not doing that, but it is kind of, like, concerning for for consumers because it is getting to a point where like you're you're very you're very urged to get it you know
1: for right. sure i just i've seen a lot of people panic like it's my big thing is like people panicking that like oh i'm not going to be able to play this game anymore like at mm-hmm. all if i don't get the new system like this iterative system and like that's what yeah. i don't want to like like that's the, what drives me nuts is like we, guys we, like the same panic happened with ps like PS4 when like before the Pro got officially announced, when it was leaked, mm-hmm. when it was like, it wasn't Scorpio, it was something else, um, Scorpio was Xbox. But people were panicking. they were like, "Oh, am I going to be able to play this new game if I don't have a pro?" It's like, "Yeah, you're going to be fine. It's just not going to run." Well, as it's well.
0: just just people just need information. I feel like I I feel like you're just being too hard on people. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. it's just like a matter of like it's a new concept. People just need information. Like for you sure. Know?
1: But it's people that like I've seen yeah. people like that are like consider themselves in the space like doing the same thing and like you YouTubers <laughs> yeah, like especially pe- and, like
3: that's... the PS4 Pro like was a while ago now. Yeah. Hmm. Like, it's it's been a few years, at least. Like, people, I feel like, should be, I mean, like, accepting it, like, do what you want, but, like, that's how it's gonna be now.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think, like, do you think that's how it's going to be now, everybody? um, You know, are we gonna see more, like mid-generation consoles that kind of extend the life of are multiple
3: years behind what like cell phones are doing so yeah i think the next section of gaming is gonna be like amazon and stadia trying to do whatever the fuck they're doing and then the console makers doing iterations
1: yeah i think it's inevitable technology is moving too fast
0: Mm-hmm. And do you think that it's going to be something like like the mid-generation things where these games are still compatible, or do you think it's going to be like cell phones where it's just like churning, like the end of these cycles is faster and faster?
3: I mean, the end of the cycles will be faster, but the thing with phones is that like, you know, stuff still work. like when I had an iPhone like XR, mm-hmm. like stuff still worked on it that works on my iPhone 12, you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. they're going to have to do that to keep people from being like pissed off and to keep people buying shit.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I feel like when the, like, I mean, this is the first time that they're upgrading the Switch in five years. Like, when the Switch first came out was, Mm -hmm. at least for me, when, like, people were first starting to upgrade to, like, 4K TVs and stuff and getting stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, like, the Switch kind of dropped the ball there. So this is kind of something that, like, should have been anticipated and probably should have happened sooner than a five year release. Um yeah. It might have just been the timing of that, right? Like, but
1: I guess I in terms of
2: all all technology, it, it's we're probably gonna be on this path for a while where we have to like continuously upgrade.
1: I think part of them dropping the ball on it is just like how dismal the Wii U did. You yeah. know? Like the Wii like the Wii came out around the 360 when like things were using HDMI. And the Wii the original Wii did not have HDMI. Um and then the Wii U came out was, like had HDMI was a complete bomb and they needed to get something out. Um and like it was the last thing I wada worked on was the Switch. Um hmm. and so and it was selling so well, why you know, why jump why jump and make a four K version like the first couple of years, you know what I mean? It's like cannibalizing. So I think like it would have been nice to have one earlier. I agree completely, Gala. But I think now is like kind of the sweet spot to rejuvenate and remind people that like, hey, Nintendo is com- like semi-competitive with like graphics and fidelity. I mean, not to the extent that you know the PS Five and Xbox Series is, is are, but <laughs> yeah.
0: I, it's interesting too. I think that it is potentially coming out this year. Um, I worked retail at GameStop like what, um, eight months ago or something at this point. And it was in the middle of the pandemic, and we could not keep switches in stock. We had wait lists for people trying to get them. Anytime that we would, we would get 10 switches in a day, they'd be gone that day. Um, switches sold like, fucking crazy last year. Um, And so... I'm kind of wondering how the average consumer is going to react um, with like a new console coming out basically like the next year for a lot of people who jumped on late right and like granted I mean it's like they jumped on late so that's like I, I feel like saying it's on them is a mean way of saying it that's not at all like I don't mean it in a malicious mean way but like granted they came in late to it but at the same time like I'm very curious after we saw because of COVID that huge wave of people buying consoles particularly switches like how people are going to react Right. And I, I, also, mean, I, wonder,
1: I
3: think like, it does kind of come down to like, if you bought shit during the pandemic, like, I think it is on you. Like, you bought a Switch, you bought yeah. a Switch. Like, especially because the rumors of the Switch Pro are also not new.
0: No, no. it's been around for like two years at this point.
2: And, the way that I see it, because I have a lot of friends that bought switches during the pandemic, is because of Animal Crossing, and those are the people that mm. don't care about the 4K upgrades. They don't care exactly. about exactly the things that like yeah. the, the the core people who are freaking out about this do care about because they bought the switch because they want to play Animal Crossing and like vibe with their friends. So yep.
1: I was gonna say, the yeah, exact you're, same you're thing.
0: totally right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was gonna
1: say the exact same thing, Gail. Like these iterative upgrades, the PS4 Pro, the Xbox Series X, the Switch Pro, um, they're all they're all for like a very core like core gamer audience it's not for like casual casual people who picked it up for animal crossing do not care like it's not like this this has no impact on them they're going to go to the store and be like oh i can get the switch light or i can get the one that they don't care about upgrading um well i mean like some might but like for the most part you know what i mean like it's gonna be like it's that's not the demographic that this is for like this this is big news for you -hmm. know um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's cuz
0: it's the same way as like the mid-generation systems for Xbox and PlayStation 42. Yeah, too. Yeah. Like a lot of the people who who bought those were like people who play games a lot. Like people yeah. in art like in the industry or like just people mm-hmm. who are very regular gamers who like to keep up with the latest games. Yeah. Um but like most families, um a lot of people do not care about that. They just want something that plays the games.
1: Yep, 100%. So. Yep.
0: Cool. Well, we'll and uh
1: real quick I, something I want to add is like Jessica, you mentioned that the switch is like was really hard to find last year. That's not going to change. Like the, even with this new version, like semiconductors, there's a shortage. That's why you can't get PS like that's why you can't get PS5s and that's why you can't get the Xboxes. Is like mm-hmm. there's a semiconductor shortage, and so like it's going to be hard to find. Kayla, you're a hundred percent right. Like it's I'm not going to be easy. I'm already like,
2: struggling. I'm going to keep my... I have been waiting to upgrade my Switch. My Switch it has, like, scratches on it. It is, like, all messed up, and I've been, like, waiting for this upgrade, mm, and it's just... I know Kayla, that it's going to take me a while.
1: How close is the closest GameStop to you?
2: Like, two minutes away.
1: Okay. As soon as they announce pre-orders, drive over there. Yeah. Put down $10. dollars mm. Like
0: Um, I mean it's looking likely that like it's going to be announced ahead of E3. I mean you read the news story. That's yeah. what kind of reports are saying. So
1: yeah, we might I mean, see
0: something here in the next like week and a half and uh, generally rumors pre-orders.
1: Are
0: rumors are tomorrow. I didn't yep. see that.
1: Yes. It was either gonna be today or tomorrow according to Bloomberg.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah, I never saw anything about that.
1: Yep. Uh, as of recording. Well,
0: well yep. I guess we will see then. Yep. But yeah, a lot of times, as soon as that stuff is announced, it goes up on pre-order. Yeah, so. within like a week. Well, I like instantaneous for the last consoles.
1: Well, Xbox did it a little bit differently. PlayStation had that really bungled launch, remember? They were like, oh, it was going to be in a couple days, and GameStop's like, oh, no, ours is open right Today, now. Today,
0: yeah. Yeah that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, though, is like they, it was instantaneous for both of those. So like that's But I, the Xbox it, was
1: like, here's, their, here's our day. Here's the day we're going to do it, and they stuck yeah. to it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, PlayStation just bungled theirs. Um, mm. It just depends.
0: Well, we're gonna let's move on to the next topic. Um, okay, so the next story is Twitch has added over 350 new tags to help spotlight diversity among streamers. Uh, this news comes from me. Over on Uprox, <laughs> I just picked the, uh, the one that I wrote because it seemed easier to do that. <laughs> Alright, so in an effort to help out streamers celebrate themselves and their communities, Twitch is rolling out over 350 new tags related to gender, sexual orientation, race, nationality, ability, mental health, and more. Among them are tags such as transgender, black, disabled, veteran, and VTuber, and many more. Uh, The change comes after years of marginalized creators asking for the streaming service to add them, thus helping fellow community members find content created by safe and like-minded people. A fact that Twitch addressed in the blog post. And this is a quote from Twitch. When we launched Tags in 2018, we did so to boost discovery, to help creators describe their content, and to help viewers find streams they're interested in. We intentionally designed that system for creators to be able to describe what they were streaming, not who they were and what they stood for. We have maintained this distinction since that time, and we were wrong. When viewers talk about why they love Twitch, they don't just talk about the content. They talk about the creators, what they care about, and the communities they have built. By expanding Tags, we are giving creators more way to be discovered and viewers more way Ways to find communities they want to call home. According to the blog post, Twitch partnered with several organizations, including GLAAD, The Trevor Project, Able Gamers, and Special Effect, to make sure they were being as inclusive as possible with the new rollout. In addition, the post included instructions on how to report bad actors who may use the ability to find streams for malicious purposes, a fear that kept some from being completely on board with the idea. Furthermore, Twitch is now removing Ally from the LGBTQIA tag and is instead creating a new standalone tag specifically for allies. This is a huge win for many members of the LGBTQ community who have expressed frustration with being able to find streamers due to a large number of allies using the tag. So what do we think about this, everyone? Everyone.
3: About fucking time. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I think that's the general consensus.
2: The uh, the ally thing, too, I feel like is such a mess because, like, obviously, yeah, we want allies and people who are on Twitch supporting, like, LGBTQ plus, and it's, you know, that's obviously that's great, but the problem was a lot of those, like, allies were taking up the space uh, and not... Mm it wasn't what it should have been um also i'm like just cuz i'm very cynical i am i'm curious to know like what harm like comes from this as well for people who might like be using it and then you have like really fucking shitty people on twitch cuz you know that there's always going to be really fucking shitty people on twitch who will like yeah. raid them and be like saying really mm-hmm. crappy things so um yeah it's like it's like really great and i'm i'm happy that that This is a thing, but also I am also nervous about that, but that's also because I'm gay and have been dealing with that shit my whole life, so it's just a cynical thing, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've already seen tweets about people like getting hate-rated and stuff like that, and it's just, it's like, if you're a streamer and you're listening to this, just like make sure your moderation is so fucking tight, like you're auto-modding. Just, there's a great thread that just are... Kayla, whoever posts this, maybe I'll put that thread in. It
0: the was um our our social media manager Lotus, um, wrote a thread, and I retweeted it. I believe is the one that you're talking about.
1: okay because I sent one to our group chat. I don't think it was Lotus. Um, oh, so that, okay, yeah, um, but yeah, like check that out if you're a streamer, um, like protect yourself uh, because yes, there is a con to this, and it's you're, you're now easier to target if you're you know um, a marginalized group which fucking sucks.
0: I do think that it's one of those things to where it's going to be worse at the beginning. Yeah. Because um, oh, sure. I have seen a, I have seen a couple people that this has happened to, not people who I personally know, but I've just seen like tweets making the rounds, like stuff being retweeted. Um, and I think that right now, it's just because it's a novel thing. So the assholes that are going to do it ha- are going to do it. Um, but once these people are, you know, either taken off the, you know, kicked out. I'm trying to, what's, what's like the fucking word I'm looking for? Like blocked enough or like their account is suspended enough. Um, You know, I, I think that eventually it'll ease up. It just sucks that this is kind of the nature of things. You know, I don't really think you're being cynical as much as you're just being like super realistic about it. Kayla, people are jerks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are good too. Not all people are jerks, but there, there are a lot of jerks. (laughs) Um, but it is good. It is like it's a it's fantastic and it is about time, as Ty said. Okay, and then the last thing that we're gonna talk about, and this doesn't have like a news story or anything to accompany it. It's just gonna be like kind of a topic for us to um ponder on um and discuss. Uh, and that is E3 and the Summer Games Fest are starting in just over a week now, um, which is wild. Little, little less than two weeks. Um, I think what E three starts the twelfth, and then Summer Games Fest starts the tenth. Is, any, um, is anybody else
2: confused by like what is what and who is doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. That's, and that's point, what we're gonna I just talk about.
3: <laughs> to learn.
0: <laughs> so E three, we all know what E three is. Yeah, yeah. Um, j- so okay, but, Summer but Games, games technically Fest anymore?
3: Oh. Do we know what E three is? <laughs> because E3 is not what it used to be. No,
0: no, no it's not. But I, in the traditional sense, we know what E3 is. But it is not that anymore. Um, it's kind of been, like, on the decline since what... I mean, was 2018 the year that everything got leaked, or was that 2019? It
1: was, no, it was 19, I think.
0: think. Yeah, was. so it was 2019. That's... I just... Yeah. Years are hard. Um, so in 2019, all of the journalists who were working E3 had their shit leaked, Um And that I think deterred a lot of people on top of like, there was already issues with the actual physical event and like overcrowding and it becoming security. Yeah. And like security issues Um, on top of that, you have all the issues as far as like sexual assaults happening during that time period. Um, Like it's, it's a clusterfuck. Um, And so, and then in 2019 that happened following year, pandemic so it has to go digital um and now it's, it's going digital again this year it was canceled so last year. e3 oh yeah god it was canceled last year you're right mm-hmm. that's why summer games fest even popped up mm-hmm. sorry so so didn't happen last year it's digital this year but e3 is a mess um and then so summer games fest was uh jeff Keeley's like project that he started last year um and he's doing it again this year which Are we surprised by that or does that make complete sense? Do we think that he's going to capitalize on like E3 flopping so hard and kind of almost does it seem like E3 is dying? Like there's just a lot of questions, I guess, that are in my head and like and and it's just all like speculation. But it's like, is E3 dying? Is Summer Games Fest going to be a thing like what? Is this oversaturation of like, because with these publishers too, it's like, so are they going to have shows at, at both of these or only at one of these? Is it going to become like a pick and choose sort of thing? Like it's weird. So I'm going to open up the floor for discussion. Kayla, you kind of started talking a second ago, so I'm going to pass it off to you to kind of, kind of talk about stuff.
2: Well, your question about like Jeff Keighley, (laughs) I feel like he's, he's turning into like the Ryan Seacrest of games. Like he <laughs> <He's> <laughs> totally been, is. he's been, he is. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a bad thing, but you know, like that's, that's his thing now. And I think honestly, like E3 has been on the decline for a while. Like this is a conversation people have been having for years. Uh, and I think, cause I love the game awards. I love that it's something that like we can all access from home. Cause like, yeah, we could, we could access E3 from home, but to an extent, right? Like, we couldn't actually, like, do the press things uh, up until they, like, did it to the public and stuff. So having everything become, like, a digital event, making it an actual event, um, you know, having people come perform and, like, you get more, like, in-depth things. Like, I think I'm I'm here for it. E3 used to be, like, my favorite thing every year to, like, sit back and watch. And I've always, I always wanted to be a part of that. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. I, I, it's, uh, again, I just think it's really confusing because I, I have no idea what is what anymore, or, and then Jessica tweeted today, like, about making a calendar of events because, like, all, there was a whole bunch of things going on today that I didn't find out about until, like, 10 minutes before, and I was like, oh, shit, I gotta, I got something to watch in a minute. Um, It's just a mess. I feel like it's a mess. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um. it's,
0: there's. A severe lack of structure, for sure.
1: I think part of it, like, so E3 is just like just that week, right? Like it's just a week. Whereas like Jeff Keighley is saying, like, hey, don't want to do it during E3 because there's a lot going on then. If you just do it during the summer, you can have it under my summer games mess name or games fest uh, name, and you can uh, get more eyes on it because of that. If you want to do it a little bit later and get out from underneath like Microsoft and Nintendo um which is fine like whatever sure but then you also have people like like other uh developers who also are doing e3 and then they're just doing like a smaller thing later you know um for summer games fest i don't know it's just like
2: again it's a mess
1: <laughs> it is it's a mess and like i'll watch the conferences i'm interested in if it's summer games fest it's summer games fest i don't care um i think to Jeff Keighley's credit, I think he did step in last year and kind of do a really cool thing with, you know, being like, okay, E3's not happening, but, like, people still have stuff to announce, and, like, that's how we got the Tony Hawk announcement, that's how we got the Crash Bandicoot announcement, that's how we got the first look at the DualSense, that's how we got the first look at the Unreal uh, 5 engine. Like, there was some cool stuff there. Um, was it, like, as groundbreaking as he made it sound? No, but, I mean, he's a hype man, that's his job. Uh, he got he has to get people to tune in, which I I get um for sure um and also this is just like summer games fest is just a way to build more attention to him and his brand to push people towards um the game awards you know and like develop more relationships with sponsors and out or not outlets um but uh fuck uh developers there we go there's the word um to push them towards game awards you know like this is all just synergetic for him so
2: which again, I don't really know if that's a bad thing. Like, I'm not. I'm not.
1: I mean, from like a business perspective, it's fucking smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, good for him. But um, yeah, it just it makes everything messy.
2: I was gonna ask, and I don't know if you all have an answer for me or not, but there was um a there was a a few years where like Greg and them at kind of funny did like the the like the independent show are there like yeah. I know there was like the ID at Xbox um, recently but is there like a summer show for indies now like what's going on there's with that? not like
0: a there, there's a sh- there's a few showcases and I think like the thing that's kind of hard and like maybe we're seeing this more with, like, the lack of E3, we're starting to see it kind of bleed into AAA games because it's kind of like that, too, is a lot of these indie showcases are so scattered. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they, they will be things like Kinda Funny doing one of their showcases or, like, um, Wholesome Games doing one of their showcases. And there is an indie showcase, and I in even – I have it in my calendar. I can pull up when it is. Um, there is an indie showcase on – Ju- Where, there was is one it?
3: earlier this year too already. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh Indie Live Expo is at 2 a.m. Pacific time on Saturday, June 5th, because I believe it is UK-based. Mm. Okay. Um, but that's gonna be an Indie Expo. Um, and then that weekend is the Gorilla Collective Conferences. Um the following weekend on the 12th is the Ubisoft Ford. Uh the 13th is the Xbox and Bethesda conference. And then this is like another thing that's pretty wild too, is E3 starts on the 12th so we have like two weeks yeah um and we don't really know who's going to be there Mm -hmm.
2: um from a like from a perspective that like i'm just kind of learning about now um from doing like pr and like talking with a lot of people in pr this the 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 bad thing that i see about all this is that like more people doing like in-house stuff like Ubisoft doing its own show instead of there being an E3 where like they all do their own things and people collaborate. Like what that means is like there's going to be a lot, a lot less business for people who specifically work on events and planning for these mm. kind of things, which is you don't kind say. of a shitty. And <laughs> no, I was just saying, yeah, you know, but it's like uh that is also like a uh, something that I didn't really think about until recently, yeah. which um I don't know. It's like I guess it's maybe maybe it's saving the, the the company's money, but do they need to save the money? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Well, it's like on top <laughs> of that, it's like it's not only affecting like these event planners. Like there is like a whole like. I'm trying to think of like the word that I'm looking for. Um
2: are you talking about, like, God, tourism and stuff with, like, people coming in and spending no, money? No, I mean,
0: that too, that too. But it's just, like, like a whole, I don't know, like, micro-economy. Like, I, I don't know what the word would be for. But it's like, yeah, there's, like, there's tourism to think of. And then there's all of the, like, indie developers and, like, the artists and the cosplayers. And, like, all of these mm-hmm. people who go to places like E3 to, like network network to, be to a fair. network right. and to actually make
3: on the other hand this might all be a lot more accessible for indie right. devs cuz a lot of the times they have to pay a lot of money to 100%. like 100% you know yeah, have to a have booth, booth and stuff and all of that shit and to travel yeah. so
0: in yeah, that there's
3: two
0: way. sides of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there, there definitely is. It's like you're missing out on that networking, but there's some people who are thankful because, like, first of all, accessibility too, like mm-hmm. financial accessibility and just physical accessibility at these conferences, like at things like E3, are yeah, awful. <laughs> they they leave much to be desired. But another thing, though, is so let's say E3 does become like this digital event, or let's say Summer Games Fest does become like this this digital thing, is they're only going to be presenting games that they've heard of so it's like that kind of limits the like the like people the exposure i guess for people too who might have like booths at e3 where people can walk up and then on top of that if you have all of these like separate conferences over the course of like a month people are only going to hear about these big ones only tune in for these big ones and then like little indie events that happen at 2 a.m um you know like the one i just said how many people are going to be watching those comparatively i mean whereas like when stuff was bleeding into one another i feel like more people were sticking around
1: and you also just get fatigue i mean like everybody's talking about zoom fatigue Mm -hmm. with like working from home and stuff it's the same thing it's conference fatigue like you have a whole summer of like long e3 essentially like yeah. mm. just conference after conference after conference after conference for months like that's exhausting even if like there's stuff you want to see like it's just like I'll just I'll just fucking read the article on Polygon or wherever you know mm-hmm. like you just get it's just exhausting like to like build your schedule around these events that like mm-hmm. are constantly happening and keeping them straight um it's just a lot um one thing I want to say too is Devolver is also going to be at E3 and like they're like the they're like the indie like spotlight at E3. I feel like. Um, well, I, okay, and see,
0: that's what's weird though is Devolver is also going to be at Summer Game Fest. So yeah, because it's
1: Devolver like, makes like every fucking game that isn't a AAA. It feels like,
0: but but like so like how are they going to divvy stuff up too? You know they're what I mean? Like that's gonna what's going to be weird the too. same
1: shit.
0: Do you think they're just going to straight up repeat?
1: Probably. No, I don't think so. I mean, they like half of, like more than half. Of their conference is just Nina Struthers just doing random bullshit and being like. I mean, and like,
3: honestly, I don't know. To me, if I were a developer, a publisher, especially if I was a publisher, I would absolutely repeat the same shit. Because honestly, like between the two, you're probably not going to have the same people watching both. Like it's probably going to be like someone watches like an E3 and then is like, okay, I caught up on the videos games. You know? And then, like, another person mm-hmm. was like, oh, I'm gonna watch Summer Games Fest because, like, I heard about it from the Jeff Keeley or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, like, there's obviously going to be crossover, of course, but I don't think that it's gonna be, like, a lot of people. So, like, especially if I were a Devolver, yeah, I would probably just have, like, a reel and then maybe, like, one or two separate things, but I would just kind of mm-hmm. assume that it's gonna be, like, a retread.
2: I don't want to, like, keep, like, barking on e3 too much because i feel like we all we all just keep like expressing the same thing too about like like what the fuck basically uh as a whole but um something that like also stood out to me like when i say that when we're talking about like accessibility and stuff um i don't know if any of y'all noticed but if you went to go fill out like the e3 thing for press too it's like (laughs) Give me a business, like, upload a business card. Like, the, the the press credentials for, like, the E3 on, like, registration right now is, like, really weird and, like, really intense. Oh, um, I mean, intense. PAX made you
3: do that. <laughs> really? PAX used, I don't know if they still do, but they did make you do that at one point.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also just weird because, like, we've all been, like, working from home for a year. Like, who has business cards anymore i don't know that was just my i saw like people talking about it and i was like wait really and i don't know because i wasn't filling out anything for e3 um because you know we don't really need to do that for uppercut but also like i don't know i uh like jess said earlier about e3 um or was it andrew that said something about the journalist uh getting docs and everything is just a mess mm.
0: but yeah no i think that there's a lot of frustration and distrust around e3 right now so it is very smart of jeff Keeley to kind of come in and be like hey you know i know that we have a lot of hurt feelings here so like i'm gonna start this thing up it's gonna be fun there's gonna be music um you know it's gonna be a whole summer thing bright colors like i do think that he it's a very smart move yeah. so and it's it's fun
1: I mean, like, Jeff Keighley was also, like, part of E3 for a long time, and, Mm -hmm. like, stepped away from it last year um, before Mm -hmm. the pandemic, and, like, had, like, a, it seemed like a falling out um, Mm -hmm. with the ESA, so, yeah, I don't know.
0: Interesting stuff, but that is gonna do it for our news segment, um... (laughs) And now I'm going to toss it to Ty for the sports. Oh God. <laughs> Hello,
3: it's me, Ty, and I'm here to tell you about esports. <laughs> um, so some of y'all might know that currently in Reykjavik, Iceland, they are holding the first ever international LAN tournament for Professional Valorant, and it's pretty fucking sick so far. Um, there have been a lot of interesting storylines, but one of the main things that has attracted a lot of attention is the fact that the European teams, uh, Team Liquid and Fnatic were both knocked into the loser's bracket of the tournament by North American teams, uh, which were Sentinels and Version 1. Version 1 was a big surprise for a lot of people. They kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and Sentinels, thanks to 10Z, is looking pretty good for being in the finals. Um, so yeah, it's been a very interesting round. Uh, but version 1 did just get knocked into the loser's bracket by X10 today, which they are the Korean team. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, that's been, that's been the Esports Minute. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love it. I do that love was, it. That was that was really good. <laughs> that was really and I feel like I learned things. <laughs> um yeah, so that was uh that was tied with the sports and now we're going to move on to a segment that y'all are familiar with. We're going to talk about the games that we've played this month. Um which I am going to let Andrew start because Andrew has played a game. <laughs> That he's going to talk about first. Um, like, four fucking times. And is very enthusiastic about it. And I know he has things to say. So, Andrew, I'm going to let you take it away.
1: Ma'am, it is only three times. I have only beat this game three times. I will start my fourth playthrough tonight. Uh, I've been playing Resident Evil Village. Uh, and that game absolutely kicks a lot of ass. Um, I love it. it. It took a lot of the things I, I liked about 7 and just made them better. Um, it feels like where it's like seven was like really experimental for the Resident Evil formula with being first person um, and starting a brand new character. It felt so like separated from the Resident Evil world, like plot wise until like the last five minutes. And even then it was very much just like, Oh, okay. Um, This took that and was like, no, this is part of Resident Evil. Not only is it part of Resident Evil is a big part of the lore and like overarching story. Um, in ways that I didn't expect and thought were really cool. Um, yeah, I fucking love this game. I have beat it on the regular mode, hardcore, casual. And on my casual run, I did it in under three hours. Spent less than ten thousand currency. Didn't craft anything and used my knife all but four times.
3: Unhinged.
1: Oh, and I and I healed less than <laughs> or four times or less.
2: Unhinged is the
1: perfect word, Ty. <laughs> just uh, the
0: way that he said that was so fucking good i wish like that was i wish i had a soundboard and it would just be unhinged <laughs>
1: just like very- um yeah the game fucking rules um i can't wait for ty to play more of it i just want to hang out and watch them play it um, uh
3: that'll happen sometime this weekend hopefully no
1: so, let me know because i just want to sit and watch because there's some shit that is just real real juicy in there um, Yeah. I love this game. Um, it is my game of the year by far. The only thing I'm expecting to like even come close is Ratchet and Clank. Um, hmm. But boy, golly, what a game! Um, I love it it's, dearly.
3: It's scary, dude. Um, you
1: you haven't seen shit yet.
3: I know. Uh, I'm just I just have anxiety. <laughs> um, fair, fair. Yeah, I I've been playing too, but I have only made it to like the first like. Named location in the game, which is like someone's house, it's not the big, it's Louisa's
1: house. house, yes, yeah,
3: yes. Um, yeah. I just have you got finished there. Louisa,
1: okay, so you haven't finished Louisa's house yet.
3: No, I got in, I got the lady and the dad in, okay, um, and then I said, Man, that was stressful, and I turned the game off,
1: <laughs> boy, howdy.
0: <laughs> so, so, uh, you are. Playing the stuff that was in the demo right now, then, and I love that. That's the point in which you said it's stressful. I'm going to turn this off. Well, because considering everything that's immediately about to happen. So, (laughs) So,
3: okay, listen. I played the maiden demo, and I did fine, except for the part where I let the lady murder me because I didn't realize I was supposed to dodge. Um, but the whole the whole opening part of the, the village is really stressful. Just mm. off the bat, because they're like, oh, Ethan's having family problems, and then now he's being abducted, and <laughs> now he's in a car accident, and now there's werewolves everywhere, and now he doesn't have fingers. It's a lot to process in a very Just short amount of time. Truly a very
0: bad Tuesday for the man. And
1: so, Hold on, hold on. If you're having kid problems, I feel bad for you, son. I've got 99 problems, but my family is definitely one.
0: Oh my (laughs) God. 2021. Unhinged. (laughs) Yeah. Andrew is just unhinged. Like, everybody, I I
3: saw so many people when RE8 first came out being like, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. And then I got to the first werewolf encounter and I was like, all of you shut the fuck up. <laughs> all of you shut your goddamn so- fucking mouths.
1: The first half is definitely more, I mean, it, it follows the Resident Evil, the traditional Resident Evil formula, not Seven's formula, where, like, the first half is scary, and the second pa- half is, like, a little bit more action because you're getting a little bit more resources.
3: I mean, uh, to be fair, though, in the first, like, in the part that I'm in, I have already gotten a shotgun.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I mean, it gets, it, it gets, it gets worse, or, like, not worse, but, like, it gets better, like, quickly, um, as far as, like, your resources and stuff, Um. so, yeah, um, yeah, God, I fucking love this game. I can't... I, yeah, I'm going to start my fourth run through. I'll probably do the ultra hard mode, because I have the unlimited magnum ammo now.
0: So. Unhinged.
1: Yeah. So, like, Unhinged. in my defense, it has a great replay value, because, like, you play through the game, you unlock in-game achievements that give you CP, which is, like, like challenge points or whatever, and then if you've maxed out a weapon in the game and, like, bought all the attachments for it, you can then spend CP to get... um the unlimited ammo for that weapon for your next run through. So it encourages multiple playthroughs in a really cool way. Like, there's still guns I have not even used. I have not even bought. Because I've spent all my money upgrading and uh, buying the, like, attachments for specific guns that I know I want to use in future playthroughs with unlimited ammo.
3: How many times are you going to play this game?
1: Probably five. (laughs) Because I got to do my knife run, because I fucked that up on accident. And I've got to do my ultra hard uh, run with just the ultra hard. I just have to beat on ultra hard, so. and then oh, I'll, then I'll then I'll have unlocked all the trophies for like beat it a certain way.
3: All so. right. Well, that, so Ty,
0: what have you been playing? <laughs>
3: oh me, um, I've been playing Returnal. Um, it's fine. That was my review, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> um, it's like I guess I didn't really know the pitch too much of it, but it's supposed to be like a pseudo triple a roguelike. um, it's like yeah, so it's it's housemark or house marquee, I don't know how you say it, their latest it's game, Housemarque. um housemark, and the whole like spiel of it is that. You're this scout for some science sci-fi bullshit uh, organization, and you crash on this weird planet um, while you're trying to find something called the White Shadow Broadcast, which I can't take seriously because it makes me think of the character from the film Turbo. Um, <laughs> but-
1: I hate you so much.
3: It is what it is. Um- I'm not going to apologize. It is what it is. (laughs) Um, And so, like, the whole point is you're trying to track down this signal, and then inevitably you end up dying, and then you realize you're in a Groundhog Day kind of situation where you just, like, keep coming back. Um, And so, yeah, the whole point is to, like, track down the signal, and it's, like, a roguelike. um, You have a gun. You can get different guns. There's weird tentacle monsters. There's some mean bat boys that I don't particularly care for. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I don't know. I'm like, I want to get through it just to, like, see. Because I do, I have been enjoying roguelikes more. Um, and it is basically the only, like, PS5 exclusive that I have, at least. My mm-hmm. Demon's
1: Souls, you coward.
0: It's on sale right now. No, <laughs> I don't
3: want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to try to finish it at some point, but I would just like have kind of been putting in like, I don't know, like half an hour, an hour into it a day and just like kind of mm. slowly like learning it and getting through. And I got to like the first boss door and then I didn't have the key for the door and then I died. So mm. that's how that's going. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's fine.
0: That's kind of what I've heard. I don't know. It was weird. Like, I didn't hear much about the game. And then, like, people started, like, I think the embargo left it. And I started hearing some people talk about it and say, like, oh, it's really cool, like, control vibes. It's a a roguelike, blah, 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 blah. And then it came out, and I feel like it kind of, like, there were some people playing it, but it kind of died down again. So it seems like overall, it was just kind of like a, it's good. It's fine.
1: I know when it first came out, like, it was having, like, a lot of crashes crashes, Mm. and, like, it doesn't have a save feature in between runs, so if it crashes in the middle Mm. of a run, you're just fucked. And runs Mm -hmm. are, like, an hour and a half long. So, I think that was, like, the big problem with, like, people, like, holding off until they patched it a bunch, which Mm is what I'm waiting for, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Kayla, how about you give us one of your games you've been playing? Um,
2: okay. Uh, I guess I can talk about Knockout City, because... The other game, we're not going to really talk about a lot, um, but I was hoping to talk about Destiny today because Vault of Glass just came out with a new season, but I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. I'm doing it this weekend, um, so um, maybe you'll hear me talk about that another time, but yeah, I started playing Knockout City today, and it fucking rules, and I want everybody to play with me because I'm playing solo, and I'm like kind of good, but I can't tell because they have one of those systems where like they they match you with people who are like at your skill, so like you get knocked down easily. It's it's kind of it's, you know, like you you play really good for a while and then you do really bad and whatever. So yeah, it's just a lot of fun cuz you're playing dodgeball and you're throwing shit at people and you're also like unlocking cool stuff for your character to like look fun and cool. Um it's on Game Pass, so that's how I'm playing it for free right now, which is nice. But I think everybody should play I it. I'm gonna,
0: I think I'm gonna download it tonight.
2: Please do. I'll play with you. Like it's it's three. Well, the the two matches that I played were um they have a whole bunch of three player rounds, and then I played one mm-hmm. four player round before um I started recording and um. Mm-hmm. The, it was the four player round was really cool because instead of plant there's no balls on the field but you you can only use like your teammates because you, at, that's another mechanic where you can roll up into a ball and people can throw you um
0: oh my god it's that sounds incredible it's a lot
2: of fun like it's so much fun i think honestly my favorite thing about it is like unlocking the stuff for my character so it's like it's basically like when you play fall guys and you're just like keep on leveling up to get the cool skins and stuff mm-hmm. um yeah i'm having a lot of fun it's it's a it's a streaming game it's just saying we want to do an uppercut stream soon we could play some knockout mm. city yeah mm. yeah
1: yeah. Hmm,
0: maybe, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should do an uppercut stream of Knockout City. I, I like I. It's definitely in the works. If you're like listening, you're like they should. Like, yeah, like we're we've talked. Yeah, about I it. feel we like just saying it. this as if
3: we <laughs> haven't had this conversation. Yeah.
0: like three <laughs> days ago. <laughs> yeah, we will probably. I, I don't know when this episode's coming out. Maybe we've already done it by this point. Um, but sometime this episode's coming out in like the next five days and i would guess that sometime in the next five days we will also be streaming yes. so um yeah i'm excited to play it i honestly might download it tonight and if you if you are up and you want to play kayla um i will Hell definitely yeah. join you for a few rounds um and then so the other game that kayla is playing that i am also playing and i'm kind of in the same boat as kayla where like we started talking about, like, oh, what are we going to talk on this episode? And Kayla's like, I've been playing Mass Effect, <laughs> but, like, we can't really talk about it because we're doing a spoiler cast. Um, hey. That's going to be the next episode of Palin Around Out is a uh, Mass Effect spoiler cast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, it's my first time ever playing Mass Effect. And, and that's <laughs> part of the reason why I told Kayla, I'm like, I don't want us to talk about it too much because, like, it's Kayla's first time ever playing it. So, like, I really want to get kayla's like fresh thoughts on that um Uh and like yeah i just wanted to avoid us talking about it too much on this podcast um so yeah kayla and i are both playing mass effect we're both on the second game yes um oh
1: sorry what's up andrew kayla i want you to say one word i'm gonna prompt you okay okay about mass effect one are you feeling good or bad like how do you feel about it just did you, did you like it? Do you not like it?
2: Good. I liked it. It wasn't... Okay, uh, Done.
1: Stop. Nope. Nope. Okay, nope, fine. Nope, yeah. Nope.
2: Uh, what I want to say, though, is like, you know the scene from like the... It's either the first or the second episode of My Hero when Baby Deku's like rocking back and forth the meme, you know? That's me <laughs> yeah. like yeah. <laughs> waiting to talk about this game because I'm just <laughs> so
3: excited. Honestly, the highlight so far of Kayla playing Mass Effect was just her out of context texting us.
0: Is that fucking Martin Sheen? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was really good. (laughs) Uh, Kayla, I love when Kayla plays video games and texts uppercut. Same. um, Because it's always so fucking funny.
1: Oh, God, a vampire.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, God, a vampire. Yeah, Yeah, classic. (laughs) Kayla's reactions are very, very good. Um... Yeah. So we're not going to talk about Mass Effect too much just because that is the next episode of Pound Around. Um, so I hope you all are excited for that. Um, you know, honestly, I'm kind of glad that we're saying it now. That way, if like maybe you're playing through Mass Effect and you're like, "Ooh, I want to listen to that. And I haven't finished like, you know, it, we're, we're talking about the whole trilogy. So uh, finish, Get your shit you know, f- play it. Yeah, so if you feel like playing it um, before we talk about that, it'll probably be out in, like, a couple weeks. I know you fuckers Um, all play Persona. That shit's, like, the entirety (laughs) of the trilogy, you weebs. You be You can can easily beat the Mass Effect trilogy in under 60 hours.
1: Jessica knows this because she's done it like a crazy (laughs) person.
0: Um... Yeah, it's so good. Um, But yeah, we'll talk about it more on the podcast. I honestly don't know who all is going to be on it. I believe Ty and Kayla are. You're you're both going to be on it, correct?
3: Uh, we should probably discuss like how we're doing it, but
0: I don't know if we're bringing on guests. We'll figure it out. We just know that we're talking about Mass Effect next time. Lucy Goosey,
1: baby, Lucy Goosey,
0: Lucy Goosey. Um, and then the other game that I am playing, um, before I I throw it around to anybody else if they have a second game, um, is I'm playing Hellblade, but once again, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm writing a piece that I'm going to have up in the next two days, um, because this month has been super busy, but I wanted to get it in for May because May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's also BPD Awareness Month, and, um, Hellblade is a game that means a lot to me in both of those regards, um, so I've been playing that game it's It's a very beautiful game. I know that um, there are a lot of differing opinions on it, but it means a lot to me and represents a lot to me, and I will be talking about that soon. Um, I'm gonna toss it back to Andrew because I know for a fact Andrew does have another game.
1: I do have a second game. um I've been playing uh an actual indie game this time, not a not a, ooh. Ooh, it's secretly a Nintendo game. um' I'm playing a game called before we Leave. Um, which is a management sim. Uh, I'm actually gonna let me look up really quick um who made it, because so, I wanna give proper credit where it's due. Um uh balancing monkey games. Um made before we leave. It is on Steam. It uh just came out not too long ago. And it is is a town management, uh city management, planet management sim. Um so you start out on a randomly generated planet the apocalypse has happened already all your people are underground like kind of like a fallout vault and they slowly come out as you build more houses for them and resources for them um and then you have to spread to other islands and eventually you'll find a broken spaceship you repair it and then you can go to other planets that have different resources and you have to like make all your people happy and fun and it's like it's all hex-based, kinda of like Civ, but there's like no conflict, at least as far as I've gotten to have I've gotten to a second planet, and there's been no conflict. It is just keeping your people happy and like trading and like balancing resources and stuff like that. Which is stuff I really dig. Um Yeah, it's just like I'll just put it on a podcast and just play it for like two hours and just vibe. Um it's got a really cool skill tree that has a shit ton of stuff in it. Um, to the point where, like, you have to be making people clothes, because if they're not clothed and they're out in the desert working, they'll get exhausted faster, so they'll be less productive because they're too hot. Um, and, yeah. Um, it's really cool. I really like it a lot. It's a good time. Um,
0: It sounds like a good time.
1: Before we leave, on Steam. Check it out. That's all I got. (laughs)
0: <laughs> sounds good thank you for sharing is thank there you anybody for else having me? Aww. is there anybody else who has another game they'd like to talk about
1: Bruce has been playing a lot of fetch lately
0: <sighs> shut the fuck up um I,
3: I played today with um, some folks from the uppercut discord I did play some uh, apex legends for the first time in literal years
0: Ooh.
3: Uh, and I tried out the new arena mode and it was pretty fun like I
0: love
3: I'm Apex. Not good. Apex is a lot of fun. Also, like now that I've tried PC shooty, like first person shooting, playing on my PS five is like does not feel very good. Um mm-hmm. but it was pretty fun. Okay.
0: Yeah, I've heard that uh I've heard Apex is like one of those games that's consistently like like the updates are making it better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, like it's it's not, I don't know. Yeah. I just think of like things like Overwatch where it's like I feel like the more they updated it, the more I was like, eh, I'm falling off this. Yeah. Um, but I've heard that Apex has done a really good job of keeping things balanced and like engaging for people. So
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I feel like having played with and against a lot of Valkyries today, I feel like she's still pretty unbalanced. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I had a good time.
1: Good. good. I love that for you.
0: I'm glad to hear that. Well, it sounds like we've all been playing a lot of good games. Um any any games coming up this like coming month that uh people are excited for? I know there's like a big one I'm excited for. That's kind of why I'm asking.
1: Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and
0: Clank. Ratchet
1: and Clank. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't I wait. also
0: Final Fantasy VII remake integrate and also the enhanced uh, PlayStation 5 version coming out on the 10th same like the day as the part Summer of, Game uh, Fest Final Fantasy is already coming out Jesus It's a
1: it's it's not a full on part it is a it's two chapter like interlude to the next it's part a,
0: It's a mid generation console if you will. <laughs>
1: Oh my god Yeah no that. the Eufy, the Ufi chapter is coming next month Yeah
0: um, But yeah, as far as... I'm just going to read off a little list of games next month. Why not? We're going to make that a little segment in this, too. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Integrate is coming out on the 10th, along with the PlayStation 5 port of the game, or I guess, like, I don't know, enhanced upgrade. version for PlayStation... Yeah, yeah Upgrade. Um, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is coming out on the... F- not the 4th. The 11th. Um, then we also have... The Legend of Mana remake is coming out on the twenty-fourth of June. I like thought uh, Mario... out
1: four times already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Mario Golf and Scarlet Nexus are both coming out June twenty fifth. So that's that's a weird little duo, but um... I'm
1: stoked for Mario Golf. Yeah? Yeah. Like legitimately, I, I love the Mario Golf games.
0: Have have y'all seen the new mode that's coming with it? The golf race? No. It's wild. It's like Mario Kart meets golf
1: hell yeah let's do it
0: <laughs> um yeah it's like you you hit the ball and then you have to run to your ball um and you have like things that you can use to hit other players or boost yourself or whatever and then you have to, you just have to keep like running and hitting your ball um until you make it so it's it's an interesting thing and then it like i think it calculates like your time also with the number of strokes and like that's how it decides the winner i love that i love that so interesting. Yeah. Were you
2: saying something though, Kayla? The, oh. the only game that I'm, like, I feel like I'm not looking forward to any like big, big releases anytime soon, except in July. The Skyward Sword remake is supposed to come yeah. out, and I never played Skyward Sword. Uh, I know the lore of it, but I never actually got to play it. So I'm excited for that.
1: Make sure oh, you buy the amiibo yeah. so you can unlock all the functionality of the game.
2: Oh yeah, I'll do that.
3: Also, uh, not AAA, but Chicory is coming out soon.
0: It is. Mm. You, is it coming out next month?
3: Yeah, June, mid June. I don't remember the date off the top of my head. Ty that's
0: my favorite. Will yeah, be in June.
3: Talking about
2: that probably because they
0: Ooh. got the
3: code. Yeah, keep
2: your
0: eyes peeled. Woody.
3: Eyes emoji. <laughs>
0: um, and that's gonna do it for this episode of Pound Around. Um, Kayla, where can people find you?
2: You can find me on Twitter at o a and all other uh, social media, it's all the same.
0: Uh, Ty, how about you?
3: You can find me on Twitter at a wolf keeper.
0: <laughs> and Andrew, where can people find you?
1: On my fucking couch laying down so my butt will stop hurting. Um, <laughs> but also on Twitter at Cogs the Well.
0: I hope that people don't come find you on our couch, because that's my couch, too, and it sounds very scary. <laughs> I mean, I, I trust the people listening to this episode, but I also just don't trust um, anyone who just comes to my couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can find me at a wild jessachu over on Twitter and Instagram. Palin Around is a product of Uppercut, which you can find on all social media at Uppercut Crit and UppercutCrit.com. If you'd like to hang out with the Uppercut crew, feel free to join our Discord. As always, the link is in the episode description. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you just can't get enough, you can head on over to patreon.com slash uppercutcrit and toss a couple of bucks away to get it early or even get your name right at the end. Just like these folks here. And we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to take turns reading the names.
2: Okay, what order are we
0: going in? Um, I can start off. And we'll just start with the first photo. um, And we can go me, Kayla, uh, Andrew Ty, or something. Are we
3: each just doing one photo? Mm -hmm.
1: Because
3: there's four Mm -hmm. photos.
1: Wait, I only saw three photos. There's only three photos. There's there should be three photos. We're oh. just going picture or like person to person.
3: Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay.
2: Yep. Eric Sapp. Gamecrash.co.uk.
1: Adept seven 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 seven.
0: Optional objectives. Kenneth Shepherd. <laughs> Lucas Lyon.
1: Eli Berg Moss.
0: Jason Coles. Adrian A Rock Williams. Matthew Flowers.
1: Andrew Sherman,
0: Colton Crow, Jesse Peterson, Jared Shute,
1: Alex Belling,
0: Catmere, Brian Hutchings, Cody Peters, Darren, Ashley Lee, Hannah Kim, Matt Burr, Jordan Ramey, Dale, Adam Manahan, Wheels,
1: Jesse Vitelli,
3: DJ Kento,
0: Cam Koenig. Quentin Hoffman.
1: Mikey Phillips.
2: Woo! Look at that. It took an extra, like, two
0: minutes, but it was spicy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how I describe it. Spicy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's my life. It took an extra few minutes, but it was spicy. (laughs) Uh, Thank you all so much for your generosity, and thank you, listener, for pounding around with us. Bye. Bye! Bye! Bye!